You guys awake today? You know how that whole, you get an extra hour of sleep? Just found out it doesn't matter if you have kids. You get nothing extra. Six o'clock this morning, little feet coming into my room. Little babies waking up saying, change my diaper, give me a bottle, daddy, now. But I'm awake, I'm alive, and I'm excited today because the Lord has put a word in my heart for you all. He's given me a, it's been burning for weeks. I feel like I haven't preached for a month because Pastor P and Pastor Gabby and Pastor Eric preached so much that past weekend we celebrated our 31st anniversary of the church. Two things before I go forward, two things before I go forward. The first one is, is I don't want to tell you who, what, when, where, why, or how, but I'll tell you the what, not the who, and the when. Amen. Praise God. Next week, we have a special guest preacher coming to preach. I am not going to tell you who it is, but let me just tell you this. You're going to want to be in the building next week. We got a celebrity preacher coming through. Praise God. And I'm excited. I know you're all wondering. Don't ask me after service. I will not tell you. Don't text me. I will not respond. Don't Facebook me. It's just going to say red. Praise God. I'm excited. My second thing is I want to give honor to a friend of mine who's in the house today. Uh, He won't be here towards the end of service. He's going to be visiting one of our other sister churches in Bridgeport. Um, The croissant man himself from last week, Rick Torres, is in the building. He's running for mayor. Would you put your hands together for my friend? That's my friend. And uh, he's a good man. He woke up last week at 4 in the morning, made all those croissants for you guys. No joke. And uh, we thank God for him. We honor him. And we're praying for him. Amen? Man, do you know anybody who all the time does exactly what they say? And before you answer that, let me just rephrase this question. How many of you know somebody who does exactly what they say every single time? Now, before you answer that, let me rephrase this question one more time. How many of you know someone who does exactly what they say every single time, and they do it with such perfection and such thoroughness that you never have to worry about anything they ever say. And before you answer that question, let me rephrase it again and ask you this. How many of you people know someone who no matter what the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter how they feel, No matter how their life is looking, they do exactly what they say every single time in a thorough and a perfect manner without regards to any outside circumstance in their life. Do you know anyone who does that every single time? And most of you are probably thinking, well, myself, duh. (laughs) The only true answer, though, is God. And that's God's faithfulness, one of the attributes of God. And I love the attribute of faithfulness. All the attributes of God, they all intermingle. But there's something about the attribute of God's faithfulness that underscores every single attribute because God gives us grace continuously because of his faithfulness. And God shows us mercy continuously because God is faithful. And God will never turn his back on you because he is faithful and because God is you never have to worry about God abandoning you because God is and because God is you never have to worry about him not forgiving you because God is and because he is we are set free in the fact that we would ever think that he would not love me for a second for a moment because God is God is so faithful to himself that he would never abandon his word or his promise to you. And I want to talk to you for the next four weeks about the foreverness of God's faithfulness. And I made the first word up. Praise God. How God's faithfulness will last forever, a lifetime and then some in all of eternity. The faithfulness of God. Listen to how Moses describes God to the people of Israel while they're in the wilderness. He says, No, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant, steadfast love with him who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. He keeps his command. He keeps his word. 
for a thousand generations. You don't have to worry about your lifetime. He keeps his word to a thousand generations. And I want to talk to you today about how we reconcile God's faithfulness in the midst of our circumstance. Because if you know anything about life, you know that in this life we endure hardship. In this life we endure troubles. Jesus said in John 16, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, for I, Jesus, have overcome the world. I've overcome it. And so we know that we are going to face hard times. But in the midst of hard times, we lose sight of the faithfulness of God. And we say to ourselves, well, if God was so true, then why would I have to endure? And how many of you know it's hard to see and to know and to, let me take it a step further, feel God in the midst of circumstances that are not appealing to our lives? How do I see that God is with me in those times? Because God is forever, and the church said, faithful. But if God is faithful, then why, when I pray for someone who's sick, they don't get healed? And if God is faithful, why am I facing trouble in my marriage? And if God is faithful, why are my children acting up and not serving the Lord? And if God is faithful, how come no matter how much I try, I'm always struggling in my life? And if God is faithful, how can I explain the fact that I'm constantly tempted into sin and I always fall and He doesn't sustain me? Why do I always feel all these problems around me and I don't feel God? Oh, my fault, I'm preaching to that church today who got it all right. Your life is perfect today, and there's no circumstances. Your marriage is perfect. Your finances are perfectly budgeted, zero dollar, in order, extra savings, 401k, doing great, right? No problems in your marriage. Everyone in your family is healthy. Everything's fine. No problems in your heart. No brokenness. No past scars. No emotional damage for God to heal. You don't need God then, huh? Oh, no, we face brokenness. We face pain. And in the midst of it, someone says to us, but God is faithful. If God is faithful, then why am I broken? Why am I hurting? And I want to talk to you today how to grab a hold of the forever faithfulness of God. If you would turn with me in your Bible to Genesis 32, 24. Genesis 32, 24. Faithful. Faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, Faithful. He's faithful. Why does God allow these things? We say to ourselves, He's faithful. I want you that to sink into it. He's faithful. Amen. Genesis 32 24. And Jacob left and was alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men. And have prevailed. And Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it you ask my name? And there he blessed him. And there, and there he blessed him. Right there in the moment of his fight. In the midst of his burning hip being dislocated, he blessed him. In the midst of pain, in the midst of struggle. Come on, bow your heads as we go before the Lord in prayer. Father, only you have the right to speak today. And Lord, I submit my whole life, my body, my mouth to you that you might speak through me. Let your spirit breathe fresh life upon these people that we would discover today your faithfulness is forever. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, in this story, We encounter a man whose name is Jacob, and Jacob is one of the patriarchs of the country of Israel that we know today. And Jacob is the grandson 
of Abraham. Abraham had a son named Isaac, and Isaac had two sons, one named Esau and one named Jacob. They were twin brothers, but Esau had come out the womb first. And the Bible tells us that as their mother was pregnant, the angel of the Lord came and he spoke over her, and he said, there are two nations within you, and the younger shall serve, or rather the older shall serve the younger. The older shall serve the younger. And the Bible says that as Esau was born, Jacob was holding on to his heel. Jacob in the womb was grabbing his brother. I'm coming out next, brother. I'm I'm right behind you. I'm going to try and pull you back in so I can go out first. And the actual name Jacob means heel grabber or supplanter. Jacob was a trickster. Jacob was a man who would grow up to be a schemer. He wasn't what you would call an honest man. Don't you thank God he doesn't use perfect people? He wasn't exactly the perfect candidate for God to rule through him and to birth a nation through him alongside his patriarchs and his grandfather and father. But yet he was the chosen one of God. But Jacob was a trickster. And one day Jacob tricked his brother Esau, who was starving, he was hungry, and he came to Jacob and said, Jacob, give me some food. I've been out hunting for forever. And Jacob says, if you sell me your birthright, I'll give you a pot of this stew, or rather, a bowl of this stew. And Esau said, whatever, I don't care about my birthright. The birthright is is the double portion of the inheritance that he would get from his father, Isaac. And he sold it away because he was starving and felt as if he would die. And Jacob tricked his brother. And later on in his life, when Isaac was was getting long in years, and the Bible says his eyes were failing him, the Bible tells us that he says to his son Esau, go out, make me my favorite stew, get me the animal, go hunt it, go kill it, come back, make my stew, that I might give you the blessing of the family. The blessing of the family was everything in these days, in this time, in this generation. The blessing of the father is what counted. And the Bible would tell us that as Esau left, Jacob would take an animal and he killed it and he wrapped the skins around himself because Esau was hairy and Jacob was not. And he made the stew himself while his brother Esau was still out hunting and he tricks his father into thinking he is Esau and he blesses Jacob instead of Esau. And when Esau comes back, he is angry and he wants to kill Jacob. So Jacob leaves. Somebody say, Jacob is a trickster. And Jacob goes and he has a vision on his way and he called the place Bethel and he gets to his uncle's house whose name is Laban and then Laban tricks Jacob into marrying the wrong daughter of his and then Jacob has to work more years, get the second daughter he wanted and then Jacob tricks Laban. I could tell you the whole story but here it is in a nutshell. Jacob is not a good guy. Jacob is terrible. Jacob has heard from God. God told Jacob when he left, I will bring you back, and I'll bring you back safely. But Jacob is just tricking his way to to riches and tricking his way to success. And he is now has to leave his uncle Laban's house because he made a mess with Laban. And where does he go? He's trying to go back to Esau's house. And so when you pick up the story, he is on the way to meet his brother Esau. But Jacob is afraid and Jacob is scared for his life because the last thing 20 years prior he remembers is his brother said, I will kill you for stealing my birthright. And Jacob is afraid for his life. He has taken his family and he split them up into two camps. He put the wife he didn't like here and the wife he did like here. Read the Bible. It's amazing stuff. (laughs) He put the wife he doesn't like in front of the wife he did like. Terrible. He was afraid for his life in this scene before he begins to wrestle with this mysterious person who he would soon find out is God himself. Before he's wrestling with him, he is wrestling with himself. He is hurting. He is afraid. He is broken. He's already messed up. He's been sinning for years. He's not been walking right with the Lord. He's afraid for his life now because he knows, oh, I wish I had an honest person, that the mistakes of my yesterday are about to destroy my tomorrow. That the things that I've done wrong years ago are coming back to haunt me now. 
And Jacob is about to face his brother Esau. And so Jacob gets by himself. He was so afraid and so worried. He gets by himself and he sends everybody away. And as he sends them away, it is still nighttime. The Bible says a man came and began to wrestle with Jacob. What an odd scripture. A man would come and begin to wrestle with him. Now understand, for all Jacob knows, this man could be an assassin. This man could be someone who is sent by Esau to kill him. All Jacob knows is he's about to cross over, and here comes this guy, and he attacks me. And Jacob is afraid for his life. Here's point number one, as they were calling me last week, three-point Louis. Praise God. Don't lose focus on God's faithfulness. We're going to start you really simple before we get to something harder. Amen. Don't lose focus on God's faithfulness. God had been faithful to Jacob all through his life, even in spite of Jacob's ungodly ways. God had been faithful, and he had preserved Jacob, and he had made Jacob rich, and he had helped Jacob even in spite of his wrongdoing. Jacob had already been promised by God that he would rule his brother, but you can't rule him if you're dead. But he thought he was about to die, so he feared for his life, even though God said, you're going to rule your brother. Have you ever been to a place in your life where God said, I'm going to get you that promotion, but then you started worrying about getting fired. But if you get fired, you can't get the promotion. That would make God a liar. You can't have both of them. Either you're going to trust him or you're not. Either you're going to believe him or you're going to run. And so Jacob has already received the word of God, but he's lost sight of it. And here this man comes and begins to wrestle. Somebody say wrestle with Jacob. And as he wrestles with Jacob in the cover of night, this is symbolic, church. This is so powerful because the night represents the darkness of his situation. The night represents the hurt that he is in. The night represents how fear has blinded him. The night is, is how the enemy has blocked him from seeing God's faithfulness. And now he is focused on the things that don't, that don't uh, feed his life. And he's not focused on God himself. He's not focused on the God who gave him a vision at Bethel of heaven opening up and angels coming up and down the ladder in Genesis chapter 30. He's not focused on that. He is now focused on the fact that his brother is on his way with 400 warriors to kill him. Or so he thinks. He's afraid. And here comes Jacob. And he's at this brook. And this guy attacks him in the cover of night. And Jacob begins to wrestle. Jacob begins to wrestle. And as Jacob wrestles, it is amazing that, that you see this as Jacob is wrestling. It is symbolic of his entire life. Jacob has been wrestling with God his entire life. Jacob had received the promise of God and the prophecy of God that he would rule his brother, but yet he leaned on, on, on tricking him and cheating him to get what he wanted rather than allowing God to do it for him. He was striving with God. Jacob had to trick his father into getting the birthright when God would have made a way anyhow for him to get it. He was striving with God. And Jacob went to Laban's house and cheated Laban when God would have fought his battles for him because God said, I'll bless those that bless thee, I'll curse those that curse thee. But Jacob decided to curse those that bless him and bless those that curse him. He decided to take God's will into his own hands and make it happen himself. He was somebody say striving with God. And, and now God has promised Jacob that he would come back and he would have a good time and he would have health and he would have a life. But Jacob is now still afraid of Esau. And God is like, but I gave you a promise. But he is striving against the promise of God. And he is allowing fear and worry to become more powerful in his life than God. This is not the first time Jacob has wrestled with God. He's been wrestling God his whole life. Some of you think you're wrestling the devil, but you're wrestling God's will. You think you're wrestling as things that God is trying to do against your life, and God's like, I'm trying to bring something to you. But in the moment, you forget the memories of God blessing you in the past. You've allowed the moment to become greater than your history. 
You've allowed your lifetime to define who God is rather than Scripture where it speaks for thousands of generations in his faithfulness. But no, your life is different. He won't do it for you. 66 books in the Bible covering thousands of years. His faithfulness is proven and documented. But you don't claim it for your own life. You don't believe it for you. The moment has become captive to the memories of your life, of your hurt and your pain. And you've subdued God in this prison called why? Locked him away in a place where nobody can reach him but you when you want to go to him and when you want to reach him. You've allowed the moment to define you. You've allowed the circumstance in front of you to break you. You've allowed the enemy to trick you into thinking that God is not with you. And here is Jacob thinking he is fighting for his life, but he is fighting him who blesses. And, and he's fighting God himself. And, and God was there not to do a work against him, but a work for him. Well, why, why would God wrestle with Jacob? God wrestled with Jacob to give him a taste of his own medicine. Because Jacob has been fighting God his whole life. Jacob has been running from God his entire life. And here is God now wrestling Jacob. And he says, Jacob, Jacob, I'm trying to show you something. Oh, but God, why did I got to face Esau? You're not going to kill me. Jacob, it's me. It's me. Have you ever attacked somebody in the dark thinking it was an enemy? <laughs> Anybody ever walk up to you and try and scare you? Where's Minister Janet? Praise God. <laughs> Try to jump out. Ha! Have you seen some of those viral videos where they try and scare people? Jump out of a garbage can, the kid pops him right in the face. You should have jumped out at me. Some of you in the darkest times of your life, you think you're fighting the enemy, but you are fighting God's will. You are struggling with the very thing that is trying to free you. And in the dark times, we lose focus of God. We can't see God in the pain. We can't see God through the hurt. We can't see God through the brokenness of our lives. He is a faithful God, but yet we think that he won't be faithful to us. He's a faithful God to a thousand generations. The darkness here is symbolic of Jacob's entire life. He's been fighting God. It's hard to find God in the midst of trials and circumstances. It's hard to see God. When times are dark, don't lose focus on God's faithfulness. When things are rough, don't lose focus on the provider. Don't throw in the towel because you feel like you're about to lose the fight. For he who is for you is greater than he who is against you. Why give up on God now? Why run now? Don't give up on the promises of God. Don't let the moment make you forget the memories of God. Man, I've told you before, one of the greatest things I could ever tell you is in the tough times, begin to rehearse the goodness of God. Begin to rehearse the goodness of God. When I was a kid, there was times where we had not we just didn't have anything, didn't have food, we didn't have heat, we didn't have money. Dad was poor, mom was handicapped, he was working four jobs sometimes. Uh, the main job was a church and a bunch of little side jobs, whatever he could do to provide for his four kids. And there were days where we would just pray. There were days where people would show up with groceries and, and we had to believe God. And then times in my life where I see lack and I'm like, no, but God provided for my father. He'll provide for me. He's done it for me in the past. God did this for me and God did that and God did this and God did that. And I begin to thank God for everything he's already done in expectation of what he's going to do. But oftentimes what really happens to us is when the dark times come, we say, oh God, you left me here to die. You brought me all the way here just so you would kill me now. You hate me. Why would you do this to me? My life is over. I can't believe it. I'm terrible. Oh, my God. I got all these good things around me, but I hate my life. I had a brand new car, but it's terrible. I got a good apartment or a house or whatever, but I'm terrible. I'm married, but I can't stand my life. I have beautiful kids, but I'm going to mope around. On. No, he's been faithful. He's been faithful. Don't stop now. He's been faithful for forever. He won't stop on you. 
And I get before God and I say, God will provide. And God will make a way. And Jacob has been striving with God for decades. He's been fighting God for years because he has lost sight of the promise giver. He's lost sight of God. Listen to Proverbs 3, verse 25. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. He will keep you from failing, church. He will keep you from falling. Oftentimes you think that God has abandoned you. I like how Spurgeon, an old theologian and great preacher, said it. We must be tried or we cannot magnify the faithful God who will not leave his people. In other words, if we never went through nothing, how do we experience the faithfulness of God? If I never endured, then I can't speak to you about God's faithfulness. If I've never been through the ringer, I can never tell you to stand tall in the midst of dark times. If I've never been through hell, I can't tell you how to walk in the fire. If I've never been through a dark season, I can't tell you how to hear God's voice. But because I have been through and but because God has brought me through, I'm able to tell you about the goodness and the faithfulness of God in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trials. Because he's always been faithful. He's a forever faithful God. I'm just at point one. Praise God. So Jacob is approached by this guy. And he begins to wrestle with Jacob. And they're sitting there struggling. And they're fighting And Jacob has overcome this man. This is puzzling to me that God would allow Jacob to overcome him. That if this is God wrestling Jacob, then why did not God just body slam Jacob and be like, Dude, it is me. Recognize, fool. Why didn't God be like, Jacob, grab a hold of yourself. Jacob, what are you doing? Get off of me. Just got this robe. (laughs) Jacob, what are you doing? What does this mean that God would allow a man to out-wrestle him? It was symbolic that Jacob had chosen himself over God every other time. And God is a gentleman. He will not force his way into your life. He will not knock you down. He will not do it to you unless it is for a purpose and a revelation. And God allowed Jacob to stand there and to win this fight all night. They fought all night long. Just like some of you, you have fought successfully against God your whole life. You have successfully avoided the blessing of God every turn by falling back into sin. You have successfully avoided God's blessing every single time by going back to the places he called you out of. You have successfully won. You have fought God and you have won every time because God will not force you to do something you don't want to do. (laughs) Here's point number two. Because God is faithful, he'll break you. Get this in your head. Jacob is wrestling. I told you, it's symbolic of his whole life how he's wrestled God, how he's fought God's will, how he's treated, tricked and, and, and cheated his way to the top. And now Jacob is at this place where he thinks he's winning. He's like, Esau sent this dude to kill me. He sent a sucker. Jake, Esau, if you're going to send somebody to kill me, send somebody who can fight. This dude is lightweight. He probably thinks God sent me this guy to beat up so I can feel good when I go to meet Esau and I'm going to walk with my head tall and I'm going to go to Esau like, yeah, man, I beat you, boy. What's up now, brother? I got this now. He's probably all excited about how he's beat this guy down. And then all of a sudden, 
the Lord touches Jacob's hip and he yanks it. Just by touching it, it comes dislocated. And instantly Jacob knows this is not a man, this is God. Because if he could just put a touch, take my hip out of place, he could have destroyed me before. It was the revelation of him being broken that brought the revelation and the understanding that it is God you're fighting. It is not a man. He could have destroyed me from the beginning. He could have killed me from the onset. But because in his faithfulness and in his mercy, he has allowed me to fight with him, to think I am winning, that I might be able to understand that in my brokenness I need him. He's allowed him to win this fight for hours as they wrestled all night long. And understand, the revelation comes at daybreak. When light is shining down on the fight, the angel of the Lord touches his hip. He moves it out of place, and he's like, let me go. I got to leave now. And Jacob said, I'm not leaving you till you bless me. I know who you are now. A revelation, I've been fighting my whole life against you. I'm done with that. I've been in the darkness all night long. I've been in the darkness my whole life. I've been fighting you. I'm done with that. I don't want to fight you no more. You're the God who blesses. I don't want to go against you no more. Up until this point, all he's done is heard God's voice, and he's had visions. He's never seen him in person. And he wrestles with him all night long. Have you ever wondered why in your sin God has not destroyed you? Have you ever wondered how in your unfaithfulness God has not taken you to part in pieces? Have you ever wondered why even while you were still yet in sin, God has been covering you and protecting you? It is not because he likes your sin, it's because he likes you. It is not because God is is sitting there just wanting to to tell everybody how bad your life was, he can give you a good testimony. It's God has not destroyed you because he wants to help you. But, but here's the thing, sometimes God will let your life and your sin destroy you so he can bless you. God is faithful to break us. Let me explain this to you. If any situation on the face of this planet can break your joy or your happiness, then that means your joy and your happiness wasn't in God. If anything can get you into depression, it's because you weren't in God at the place you should have been, at the feet of the master crying out to God. Your hope was not in him. Your hope was in something else. And oftentimes we ignore the obvious that we've not been faithful to God. And we say, well, God has not been faithful to me. No, you've not been faithful to him. For in the time of dark, you ran from him. You avoided him. You closed your ears. And you said, no, God, I won't hear you. No, God, I know what you promised me, Jacob said, but I'll get the birthright by tricking my dad. I know what you promised me, but I, I'd rather trick my way into getting that wife. I know what you promised me, but I'll do opposite just to get what you promised. If the promise comes from you, then it wasn't good from God. And Jacob has spent a lifetime like this. And so in an instant, God touches Jacob's hip and it's pulled out of its socket. And the Bible says that Jacob is there. He's like, he understands now somewhere in the nighttime. It took a revelation, but Jacob knows now I'm not fighting a man. I am fighting the Lord. I am fighting the Lord. And then the Lord, the Lord takes and he, He takes and he breaks Jacob's hip. He took and he broke Jacob's hip. This is powerful. He could have crushed Jacob hours ago. He could have destroyed him. And he's just showing Jacob, look, boom, out of place. What? You could have done that all night long? why, why, Why did we fight all night for you just to show me that I was nothing? Why'd you let me wrestle myself out of strength that you might be able to beat me in an instant with just one touch? It was in the breaking that Jacob realizes this is not a man, but it's God. 
Notice, it was not till daybreak that many, that rather that, that Jacob realized that this is God. He begins to plead with him now for a blessing. This is like God saying, it is when I shine my light on your situation, you need to learn to recognize and understand that you are striving against what I can bless you with. You are striving and you're fighting against the Lord. But God is faithful. And in Breaking Jacob, God is about to bless him. You see, Jacob had to get to the point where he couldn't fight himself anymore against this adversary to the place where he would have to lean on God. But how do you lean on God when you're wrestling against God? You will find in your life the hard times is really God saving you. The tough times is really God building you. The brokenness that you feel is not God abandoning you. It is the very evidence you need to understand that God is, is bringing a new thing out in your life. But oftentimes, in those times, we, we begin to really forget about God and we want to run from God and we want to blame God and blame others. Well, if he had just known, God is faithful. But my situation, no, God is faithful. But I'm hurting so, yeah, but God will use that to bless you. It may not look like it now, but God will do it. And God takes and he breaks the hip of Jacob. God's a thug. That's not Bible. That's not theological. That's just me. Like God just, boom, fights over. Like, all right, just bless me. Forget it. I'm done. God is faithful enough to allow us to break so that you know you can't do it on yourself. Some of you wonder, why do I got to go through this? Because you thought you could do anything. You thought you could endure everything. But God has to show you there are only some things he can drag you through. There's some things only he can carry you through. There's some things only he can help you through. Only God. He's forever faithful. That's the God you serve, a forever faithful God. So Jacob is wrestling with this guy, and, and now, <laughs> I love this part now. The guy, God's been wrestling with Jacob. He breaks his hip, dislocates it, whatever you want to call it. He's like, Jacob's like, well, rather the guy, the Lord, the Lord's like, well, I got to go now. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Listen, it's daytime now. I had fun with you, but I have to leave. This is amusing to me. Multiple reasons. Number one, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. He doesn't have an appointment. I mean, <laughs> I got to go. Well, where do you got to go? Is God lying? No, God would never lie. But this is the pattern of God. Luke 24, Jesus has been crucified. All the disciples are all sad and messed up. But Jesus is resurrected and many of them don't even know it. And the Bible says there was two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus. Verse 14, and they're walking, 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 and who do they encounter? Jesus. But they do not recognize him in the midst of their brokenness. Walking with Jesus, don't even recognize him. And the Bible says he's walked with them until he explained to them why Jesus had to suffer and how in Scripture it says he would have to suffer. Still, they don't recognize him. They're walking with him. They get to the place where they're about to rest for the night. Listen to what the Lord says. He says, the Bible says, and Jesus pretended he was going to keep on going. Just like God. And then the Bible says that he went into the tent. They gave him the bread that they were about to eat. And the Bible says he blessed the bread. They didn't recognize him. It's hard to recognize God in times of blessing. But when he broke the bread, they recognized him. You recognize him in the brokenness of life. Book of Mark, Jesus walking on the water. What did the Bible say? The Bible says in the book of Mark that Jesus was about to pass the boat where the disciples are on. How rude. Here's Jesus walking on the water, middle of a storm, just, hey guys. That's what the Bible says. This is the third time it says that he was going to keep on going just like he was doing to Jacob. This tells me this is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. 
In theology, we call it a Christophany. It's an appearance of the Lord. And he's about, why does God keep doing this? Because unless you call, Jeremiah 33, 3, if you call unto me, I will hear you. I will stop. Revelations 3, if you not, I stand at the door and I knock. If you don't open, I'll keep on going. But if in the midst of brokenness and pain, you stop and say, Lord, Lord God, I need you to help me. I need you to bless me. In the midst of, do you know how much pain Jacob was in? But Jacob is just, ah, just. I'm not letting you go till you bless me. I got to go. I have to leave, Jacob. Let me go. Not until you bless me. Not until you bless me. Here's point number three. God is always faithful to bless us. God is always faithful to bless us. The blessing might take many different forms and fashions. The blessing might be healing. The blessing might be understanding. The blessing might be revelation of God. The blessing might be financial. But God is faithful to bless you in the midst of circumstances and dark times. And oftentimes the blessing you want is not the blessing you get. But the blessing you get is the very thing you need. The blessing you get is the very thing you need. He says, I need you to bless me. I'm not going to let you go. I recognize in my brokenness who you are. I recognize you now. You are the Lord God of my father, Isaac and Abraham. I know who you are. I need you. I need you to bless me. I need you to do a work in my life. I need you to do this work for me. I need you, Lord. Is there anybody here who has a point in your life, even right now, where you're saying, God, I just need you. God, I'm crying out for you. Is there a Jacob here today where you're saying, God, I have a need to see you move in my life. God, I have this thing inside of me. Lord, I need you. I'm in the midst of a dark time I'm wrestling, I'm hurting, I'm in all types of mess, but I need you now. I need you right now. And what does the Lord say to him? <laughs> he says to him, a, a scripture maybe you're familiar with, he says, he says, what's your name? And it was not that God, I told you this many months ago, it was not that God did not know who he was. He wanted him to confess who he was. Because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Who are you? He says, I am Jacob. I am Jacob. And he says, you will no longer be known as Jacob. I remember I told you, Jacob means heel grabber. You'll no longer be Jacob, but you'll be Israel because you have striven with God and prevailed. And he blessed him right there. That was the blessing. He gave him a new name. A new name in a broken place. Right in the midst of his pain. He was limping, but he was living. He was broken, but he was blessed. He was hurting, but he was on the road to healing. That's the God you serve. The other day, I went with a, a friend of mine who's an amazing photographer, Zybel. And, and we took some, you probably saw my pictures online. I was shooting for H&M plus size models. Amen, praise God. And, and some of y'all were hating on my beard and my pictures, but it's fine. God loves me and I love me and my wife loves me. Amen. And we, she took, we, 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 we were climbing this, we, we, I'm going to have to edit this. We broke into a building <laughs> that had an open gate. We were checking to see if anybody else was there. It's the right thing to do. Which was an abandoned building, and we began to shoot pictures. And on the roof of this abandoned building, rather the, the, the top floor, we walked in and we saw this. At a first glance, it, it's nothing. Until the Lord began to speak to me. I looked up, and there was a gaping hole in the roof. The roof was just cracked. But because of the crack, <laughs> 
there was a little, a little, a little itty bitty drip of water. And I looked over there, and it goes farther beyond what you can see here, but there's greenery all over the ground. And here are these little, they might look like weeds to some people, but it's a blessing to somebody. And this is all these things, and I, I just heard the, heard the Holy Spirit say, I will use the very thing that broke you to begin to birth new things in your life. And although the roof may be caving in, I will use the broken roof to begin to water the blessings that I've got for you. Just like Jacob, you may be broken, but you are on the road to God's redemption. You've been striving with God for too long, but I hear the voice of the Lord saying, I want you to begin to encounter my faithfulness. It may look like an abandoned building. It may be a broken roof, but there's a garden inside the hurt. There's something new coming inside the pain. There's something else that God is doing in the midst of all this brokenness. And you, like Jacob, have been fighting God. You've been fighting with him for years. And God said, would you give me a chance to do the work I have to do? I came to give you a new name. I came to give you a new lease on life. I came to drip a garden into your life. And you may not feel it now. And you may not look like it now. But if you give it some time, if you let God work in you, if you let God move in you, if you let God, I feel the Holy Spirit talking to somebody, if you begin to let me do what I have come to do in your life, the very things that you think have the ability to bring total destruction and annihilation to your life, if you would humble yourself and you would come to the Father and you would begin to say, God, like Jacob, I need a blessing. I recognize it is you. I will use this brokenness to get to the next place. You have called me, God. It doesn't mean that it's going to be comfortable. It's it's not going to be comfortable. Jacob had a limp for the rest of his life. But he was blessed. Is there anybody here who doesn't mind limping if you are alive? That you don't mind a little bit of pain, but you know that God, if that's you, can I get you to jump to your feet and begin to praise God? Because you know. God you serve is faithful. He's faithful. Come on, if you know it, begin to celebrate right now. We serve a faithful God. He's forever, forever, forever faithful. Like an idiot. 
You should have left your last nose. It was better. But the doctor knows something that I don't. He understands what is swelling, and he understands what is temporary, and he understands what is permanent. And some of you right now, you feel swollen, you feel beaten down, you feel like you just got operated, but God said, come on, if you just trust me, somebody shout, he's faithful. He's faithful. comes up if you believe that God is going to use the brokenness to birth a new thing I want you to make your way down these middle aisles come on I'm not going to have you raise your hand come on down you need prayer right now you need someone to help you in the midst of brokenness you need someone to help you push through that God is here and that God is real and that God is here to bless you in the midst of all of your hurt all of your pain all of your brokenness your marriage is not going to fail God will sustain you your house will be in order God will sustain you come on you need prayer today you make your way on up for God is here today if you know he's faithful come on lift your hand begin to worship him right now begin to worship him we know you're faithful God we know you're true God you are forever faithful in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus will somebody begin to praise God for his faithfulness in a building I know it's gonna bless me God I know it hurts now but I know you got a plan I know it doesn't seem like it, but I know you're going to bring healing, God. You're going to bring strength from this in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout, yes, God. We honor you in this place today. Come on, worship team, take it away.